Hello and welcome to Accounting Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture we're going to talk about Treasury Stock. At the end of this we will be able to define what Treasury Stock is, journalize the purchase of Treasury Stock, and journalize the sale of Treasury Stock. So first, what is Treasury Stock? Treasury Stock is going to be the company purchasing back their own stock. That's going to be the idea, the concept of Treasury Stock. So when we're thinking about this, it's it's a good idea we can think about a publicly traded company, something like Apple, if we're thinking about a publicly traded company. Of course, they issue their stock on the stock exchange. The, the people that own the stock are the owners of the company. And most of the trades that take place on the exchange is really between two investors, meaning two investors that own uh, one owns stock and the other wants to buy stock. They're trading. The issuance of stock happens far less often, of course, the issuance of stock is when the company is actually the one involved in the trade, meaning they're selling their own stock to the stock market and receiving money. Most of the trades then are going to be trades that are happening that do not include the company itself. It includes this trading of the company shares between other individuals within the market. The treasury stock would be the idea that the shares are out there in the market. And we, the company, in this case, if we were Apple, we would then be purchasing back our own shares from the market now why would some why would a company do this it could be has to do with the value of the stock possibly the company of apple maybe they want to change the value of the stock and we could do that by changing how much of the stock is in circulation how much of it is out there and so therefore we can purchase back our own stock and that would be called treasury stock so when we get into this let's take a look at a trial balance first and just get the idea of a trial balance a simplified trial balance so we can think about debits and credits and the idea of balancing focusing in of course on the equity section in this case being the common stock and the treasury stock and the retained earnings that's where all that activity will take place so we're going to have our big t account we're going to imagine the t account we're going to have cash as our assets and cash is going to be the green account on the left hand side of the T for our trial balance and then we've got the that's going to be our only asset so we're going to have a simplified account here and just to put it in context we'll have the assets and then after assets we have liabilities the only liability that we're going to put on the books is accounts payable and just to put it in context we're going to say that's a yellow account it's going to be on the right hand side of the big T account then we're going to go into the equity section so remember the equity section when we talked about a sole proprietor just had one capital account and when we talked about a partnership, it had multiple capital accounts broken out by partner, meaning how much the company owes to each individual partner. Now we are a corporation, and the idea of the corporation is that we have common stocks, common stocks all being similar, all being the same in nature. You can think of them kind of like poker chips at a casino if they're all the same denomination of poker chip. They should all basically be the same and have the same value. That's going to be the idea of the corporation as well. All the stockholders have a set value have the same rights and whatnot in terms of voting rights in terms of dividend rights and therefore the value of all the stocks are the same and that's really convenient because then if we look at the stock exchange and we see what something is trading at we can tell what the value of the stocks are we can see what the value of our stocks are by seeing what this that same type of stock is trading at on the stock market so that's going to be the idea of the stocks so we're going to first have common stock that's going to be our first account the common stock is the stock that has been issued so we're going to say the stock that has been issued and outstanding is going to be 50,000 shares in our example here then we have the concept of par value so par value is going to be ten dollars 
and therefore the 50,000 shares outstanding times $10 means we have 500,000 in the common stock. Now the idea of par value, what is par value? What does that mean? It's going to be an arbitrary number that we're going to assign and it helps us with again standardizing. So if we know the par value is 10 and we know that in the balance sheet we have 500,000 on the balance sheet for common stock, then we could say, okay, well the 500,000 divided by 10 par is going to be 50,000 shares. And so it's going to kind of standardize things, but it's a bit confusing because the par value has nothing to do with the fair market value. And that's a bit confusing. It's, it's an arbitrary number. It's usually set below what the fair market value would then be, and it standardizes that common stock number. But when we sell the stock to outsiders, we're not going to sell at, at $10 if they're willing to pay more than $10, of course. We're going to sell at the market value. We're going to take whatever the highest price we can get for the stock. And therefore, we're going to need another account. It's going to be called paid in capital in excess of the par value. And that's going to be right underneath the common stock. So we have, in this case, we have 500,000 in the common stock, representing 50,000 shares issued and outstanding at $10 par value. And then we have another 60,000 in paid in capital, representing what was paid above the par value. So if we think it's just a, a quick example of this, we can say, okay, what if we sold all this stock at one time and we had the transaction and we received at the market price 560000 for the 50,000 shares we issued? Well, then we would debit cash for the 560000 when we put these on the books. We would credit common stock for 500000 because we're putting it on at par, 500000 times 10. The difference between the cash we got and the par value is going to be the 60,000 we're going to have to credit to additional paid in capital. So the common stock and the additional paid in capital then represent the amount that has been invested by the owners, the, the amount that the company has sold and therefore to the owners, the stockholders, and the owners have then put in the investment. That's what's going to be in common stock and the paid in capital. Now they are equity section accounts. So just like we imagine the bright blue equity section for the sole proprietor and the partnership, and credit balances, the common stock and the paid in capital will also be matching bright blue equity section, right hand side credit balance accounts. The next account that's commonly going to be in the equity section is going to be retained earnings. So those are going to be the main equity accounts. You're going to have the common stock, probably paid in capital uh, above the par value, and then you're going to have the retained earnings. The retained earnings is what it sounds like. It's the earnings that have been retained within the company. So rather than breaking this out by in a partnership, the capital accounts, what's owed to the capital, we're breaking it out by investment first, common stock paid in capital, and then by how much has been retained in the company, meaning how much income over the company has been accumulated and is still within the company. So it's going to be the accumulation of income minus any dividends that have been paid out. Dividends being similar to draws in a sole proprietor or a partnership. So the difference between a dividend and a draw is that the sole proprietor and the partnership can decide to make the draws and take them against their capital accounts. In terms of the dividends, the company has to vote on the dividends because the dividends need to go to all the common stockholders because they're all the same. Unlike a partnership where one partner can take out a draw and the rest cannot take out a draw, they can decide what they want to do. In a corporation, the dividend needs to be equal to everybody. Therefore, once the dividend has been determined, it's going to go out equally basically to everybody. And so it has to be uh, determined by the corporation and then issued. And then it's going to be taken out of retained earnings, however, 
in a similar way as a draw would be taken out of the capital account for the respective owners. The next two accounts that we're going to be working with here that are a bit less common, but they're going to be there when we purchase treasury stock. So we're going to have the treasury stock that we're going to be working. That's going to be in the equity section. And then we're going to have paid in capital in excess of the treasury stock as well. So let's take a look at an example. We're going to say we purchased 500 shares of treasury stock at $25. So if we're Apple, what is treasury stock? It's the Apple stock that's on the market. It's our own stock that we're purchasing back. And therefore, we, we are Apple. We purchased our own Apple shares. Those, therefore, are treasury shares. We're going to put them on. We bought 5,000 of them at $25. Why $25? Because that's the market value. It's not the par value. We can't go out into the market and talk to somebody else that owns our Apple stock and say, hey, par value is $10. We'll pay you $10 for it. They're going to say, no, the market value is $25. I'll sell it to you for $25. So we still have to pay the market price. We're going to pay $25 for it. And that means that we have $125,000 worth of our own stock, the treasury stock. How do we record that then on the books? Well, we can ask our question. We say, well, is cash affected? And we're going to say, yeah, cash is affected. We paid cash. And so therefore cash is going to go down. We paid cash to purchase our own stock. It's a similar, it's a really similar transaction as if we paid cash to purchase another company stock. If we weren't Apple, we would still, of course, have paid cash to purchase Apple as an investment. And so we're going to say cash is going to go down. Cash is a debit balance. We're going to do the opposite thing to it, which in this case is a credit. So then what are we going to debit? We're going to say, and it, again, if it was a different company, if we were not Apple and we were buying Apple stock, we would say, yeah, we're purchasing an investment in Apple and we would debit an asset, some type of investment account. It's really similar in this case. We're purchasing stock, but however, we are Apple now and we're purchasing Apple, our own stock back off the stock market. And we're going to call that treasury stock. That's going to be what treasury stock is. And we're going to debit treasury stock just like we would debit an investment if we were purchasing Apple and we weren't Apple and it was an investment in Apple. But the difference is going to be that treasury stock, instead of being an asset, is now in the equity section. So we have common stock in the equity section, paid in capital nexus of common of par, and then we have treasury stock within the equity section. Equity section accounts are usually uh, credit balances. The treasury stock is kind of a contra equity account in that it's a debit balance account within the equity section. So if we were to record this, then the cash is going to go up from the debt. I mean, I'm sorry, the cash is going to go down. It's a debit balance. It's going to go down. And then the treasury stock is going to be at zero. It's going to go up in the debit direction by 125,000 to 125,000. So our equity section now has 500,000 in common stock, 50,000 shares, $10 par value, 60,000 paid in capital in excess of par value. Those are credit balances. And then we've got the debit of treasury stock, 125,000. And then we have retained earnings, which is a credit of 658000 Nothing on the income statement at this point. Now we're going to issue a 2%, a $2 dividend per share and just show the effect on the dividend when we reduce uh, the, the stock that's outstanding or we purchase our own stock back because we're not going to pay dividends to ourselves. We're going to say that we have the common stock at 50,000 shares outstanding. If we declare that there's a 2% dividend, what that means is that we have to give it to all stockholders because all the stock's the same. So it's kind of like a draw. That's going to be the difference between the draw and the dividend. But now all stockholders have to have the same dividend. So if we're agreeing on paying to the owners, we need to we need to agree on a payment that will be paid to all owners, all shareholders, 
and we're going to say 50,000 shares minus the 5,000 that we bought back means we have 45,000 out there that we're not holding on to. And we're going to take that 45,000 and we're saying $2 per share multiplying times two. We're going to have a $90,000 dividend then. So if we're going to have a $90,000 dividend, what's going to be the journal entry? Now you might say, first question, is cash affected? And you might say, yeah, and it, and it will be affected soon. But when we, because of this process in terms of the dividends, because we have to first figure out who's going to get the dividend and, and then determine what date we're going to have the dividend as of because stock is trading all the time. So we need to know when we're going to say what's the cutoff date to say the people that own the stock at that date are going to get the dividend and then we're going to pay it at a later date. So right now we're basically declaring the dividend. We haven't yet paid the dividend. We're going to declare it. We're going to have a date that it's going to be set in terms of who has the stock, who's going to get the dividend when at the time they own the stock. And then we're going to have the time when we actually pay the dividend. So at this point in time, we're going to say dividend is going to be coming out of the equity section. And the equity section is in um, retained earnings, the retained earnings within the equity section. So the retained earnings is what we're going to pay out of. So we had retained earnings of uh, $658,000. we are going to debit retained earnings, making it go down. That's similar to if we're a sole proprietor sole proprietor in which case we would have the capital accounts and uh, we would be reducing the capital account we basically record another account called draws but it's but the draws is a debit to the equity section which reduces the overall equity section now the credit would go to cash if we had been recording cash at this point but because it's not the cash isn't going out yet we're going to record a liability account we're going to say we owe this now we've declared it and therefore we owe ninety thousand to the shareholders and the credit's going to go to common dividend payable. So if we then record this transaction, we're going to say retained earnings in our case was 658000 and it's a credit balance. We debited retained earnings by 90000 making it go down for the dividends to 568000 Then we're going to have our uh, common dividend payable. The liability account had zero in it. We're going to credit it. We're going to credit the liability account, making it go up to the 90,000. So we owe 90,000 to the stockholders at this time. And we, of course, will take it out of there when we pay it. So let's do that now. We're going to say we paid the, the dividends declared at the later date. So now we're going to pay those dividends that we had declared. What are we going to pay it with? Cash. So we're going to credit cash now of the 90,000 that we're going to pay. And we're going to debit the dividends uh, payable that we just set up. Dividends payable being a liability. We need to make it go down because now it has now been paid. So we're going to debit the, the dividend payable, 90000 We record that. Then, of course, the cash is going to go down. Cash is debit balance. We're going to make it go down by 90000 And the dividend payable is also going to go down. It had a credit balance. We debited it by 90000 making it go down to zero. So now the dividend has been completely paid out. Now we're going to think about the sale of the of 1000 500 treasury stocks at $30. So remember, we purchased 5,000 shares of treasury stock. Those are sitting on our books now. We got treasury stocks of 125,000 in it. When you work these problems, you really need to kind of have a separate schedule of, of what the treasury stocks include, meaning we have 5,000 shares of uh, the treasury stock in our, our books right now, and we're only selling 1,500 of them. 
So we got to kind of figure this out. We're going to say, and it's going to be similar as if we sold other stock. Again, if we had the Apple stock on the books and it was an investment and we sold it for $30 on the free market, then we're going to do a similar calculation as we did with the treasury stock. Meaning, well, we've got the number of shares, 1,500, sales price is $30. Therefore, we have 45,000 that we're going to receive for this transaction. And the cost was uh, 1,500 shares is how many we're selling times the $25 because we bought them for 25 each. Therefore, we have uh, 1,500 times 25, 37,500. So if we subtract that out, then we had 45,000 that we're going to receive. We got uh, 37,500 being the cost difference of 7,500. And we can also obviously calculate that by saying the sales price is 30. The uh, cost is 25 per share, difference being the $5 per share. $5 times uh, 1,500 would be that seven that 7,500 as well. So that calculation, nothing unusual about that calculation, just similar to a normal investment type of calculation. How would we record that then? Well, is cash affected? We say, yeah, cash is affected. We got cash. We sold the treasury stock to someone outside, someone on the market. We went into the market. We sold it for that market price. Market price happening to be higher than when we purchased it. That's good. Buy low, sell high. So we're going to debit cash for 45000 So 45000 to cash. And then the credit will go to what? The treasury stock, of course. It's going to go to the treasury stock. That's what we're selling. Just like if, if, if it was Apple as, a, as an investment, we're going to credit the treasury stock. But... Remember, it's not in the asset account. The treasury stock's down in the equity section. So if, when you work these problems, I'd really have a trial balance open. And you say, okay, in the equity section, I can see the treasury stock. And I can see that it has a debit balance. It's a contra equity account. And it needs to go down because we're selling it. Therefore, we're going to do the opposite thing to it. We're going to credit it. We're going to credit it by that 37500 So the treasury stock is acting in a similar way as if it was an investment account. In that it's a debit balance account just like an asset account would be the only difference is that it's it's weird that it's down there on that equity section because of course it's our own stock that we're talking about now the credit however is not going to be for the forty-five thousand that we received it's going to be for the cost of thirty-seven thousand five hundred. so we're going to have a difference then between those two that difference being uh seven thousand five hundred that's going to be the gain that we're going to have that would be the gain if it was a normal sale but in this case, of course, it's not a normal sale. It's going to all be in the equity section. And we're going to put that gain into an account called paid in capital for treasury stock. So if we record this transaction, then we have cash got debited. Cash is a debit balance account. It went up in the debit direction by the 45000 Then we credited the treasury stock. So treasury stock was on the books at $125,000 worth, which was 5,000 shares at $25. We sold 1,500 of the 5,000 shares and we sold the cost was 37,500. Therefore, we credit the treasury stock 37,500, bringing the balance from 125,000 down to 87,500. Then we have an account right under the treasury stock that we're going to have on the books uh, as, we, as we sell the treasury stock for something different. In this case, we sold it for more than... That what we purchased it for so we have paid in capital on the treasury stock and it's going to be in the equity section and that's where we're recording kind of the gain that we had here that's where we're going to record that 7,500 so we're going to credit that account 7,500 bring it up to 7,500 
So our equity section now has common stock, 500,000 in it. We have paid in capital, 60,000. Hasn't been any effect to that. Treasury stock is now at 87,500. And then we got this paid in cap, and it's a debit, unlike all the other uh, capital accounts. And then we have the paid in capital on the treasury stock of 7,500 credits. And then we've got retained earnings at 568,000. Next transaction. Now we're going to sell the rest of the treasury stock, which is 3,500 left that we have. But this time we only got $20 for it. Why? Because it's a later date and that just happened to be the market price. So we bought it at 25. We sold the last bunch at more than 25 at 30. But now the market went down and we're selling these for 20. So we're going to say we sold 3,500 at $20. Therefore, we're going to receive $70,000 from the market. We're selling these on the market, of course. Then we're going to say the cost is 3,500 times the cost. What we purchased it for was $25. And that would give us the 87,500. The difference between the sales price and the cost, what we purchased it for, 70,000 sales price minus the cost 87,500 being a loss in this case of 17,500. And again, we could calculate that as saying the sales price is 20, the cost was 25, difference being a loss of $5 per share times 3,500 shares would give us that same 17,500. If we're going to re record this journal entry, we have a similar journal entry we were going to record. Notice that calculation very similar than if, if we were going to sell normal stocks, if we had Apple stock and we weren't Apple and it was an investment. Now we're going to record the transaction. Is cash affected? Yes, cash is affected. We got $70,000. Cash is a debit balance. We're going to make cash go up by doing the same thing to it within the journal entry. So we're going to debit cash $70,000. Then we're going to say, what did we sell? We sold that stock. If we're Apple, we sold our own stock. And normally that would be an investment again, a debit balance investment account that we would then credit. In this case, it's going to be the same credit. It's going to act the same. But remember, that's going to be treasury stock now. And treasury stock is located in the equity section. So it's in the equity section, but it's acting the same. It's a debit balance account that we are now crediting to make it go down. And we're going to make it go down by 87500 The cost also happens to be the balance that's in that account because we're selling all the other stocks so the treasury stock after this needs to be zero because we're selling the rest of the 3500 all the shares that we still have on hand then we got cash of the seventy thousand dollars we debited cash and then we had uh, the treasury stock that we're going to credit for eighty seven thousand five hundred the difference is kind of like a loss and it's kind of like a loss even here we we obviously purchased it for more than we sold it for that difference being 17,500 normally we would then need to to even this out by having a debit of 17,500 and normally that would be on the income statement as a loss but remember we're buying and selling our own stock therefore this all needs to kind of happen within the equity section so instead of hitting the uh, gain and loss on sale we need to to select the paid in capital account which is the account we put 7,500 credit into last time. Now there's a there's a wrinkle here, there's a problem, and that is that we cannot have a balance in the paid in capital after the treasury stock is all gone. So what needs to happen here, and this is a bit tricky to figure out, if you look at the trial balance it gets easier to figure these types of things out because it makes sense to say, well, if the treasury stock is gone, if the treasury stock is zero, we have no more treasury stock, then that paid in capital needs to be zero, and what we're going to do is we're just going to plug the difference in to retained earnings. 
and that's what we're going to have to basically do here. So if you work the thing out, this will kind of make some more sense. If you record the journal entry as we go, we can say, oh, th this, that doesn't make sense for us to have a balance in paid in capital. If I debited the paid in capital account by 17500 I would end up with a balance in the paid in capital account after I posted it. And that can't make sense if we, if we took all of the, cap the treasury stock off the books. So what we do need to do then is make that paid in capital account related to the treasury stock zero. So if we look at the trial balance right now, it has in it a credit of 7,500 from the prior transaction. So what we're gonna do is make it zero. It has a credit balance in it. We're gonna debit it by 7,500. And then we're gonna figure out what do we need to, f to finish this thing off. The plug is gonna be $10,000 debit. So we had a credit, and the reason is we have a debit to cash and we had a credit of uh, 87,500 to treasury stock and then a debit of 7,500. The uh, amount needed to make that in balance would be 10,000 more dollars on the debit side. And now the, the question is, well, where are we gonna put that? And because we, we have to be in balance here and the answer is gonna be, it's gonna go into retained earnings. So we're gonna say retained earnings is gonna be debited by that $10,000. So we basically kind of plugged what had to happen in this last journal entry when we finally sell all the treasury stock off and uh, then the difference is going to be that plug will go to retained earnings. So if we record this transaction, we have cash is going to be debited at 70,000 and of course that's going to make cash go up. We're going to credit the treasury stock for 87,500, the remaining amount that is in there because we sold all the rest of it. Therefore, treasury stock was at 87,500. We made it go down by 87,500. So it had a debit balance. We credited it, making it go down to zero. Then we're gonna debit the paid in capital treasury stock account by 7,500. It had a credit of 7,500 in it. We debited it, doing the opposite thing to it, uh, debiting 7,500, bringing it down to zero. And then we had this plug of a debit of 10,000. So if we post the retained earnings 10,000, it had a credit balance of 568,000 in it. And we debited it, doing the opposite thing to it, bringing the balance down to 500, uh, 558,000. So it was at 568,000. We brought it down to 558,000. So in our equity section now, we still have the common stock, 500,000, uh, which is the 50,000 shares at $10 par value. We've got the paid in capital for the common stock, 60,000, both those credit balances. We no longer have any treasury stock. We no longer have any paid in capital related to the treasury stock because we sold it all off. And then we have retained earnings, 558,000 credit balance. Notice none of this activity has affected the income statement at all. And that's basically the key. If you keep that in mind as you think of treasury stock, then that'll help a lot. Basically, the treasury stock transactions is not gonna affect the income statement and it's not gonna affect, affect an asset account being an investment account. It's all gonna be within that equity section. And if you keep that in mind, that can really help to, to drill down on this. Also would highly recommend having that trial balance in front of you, having that list of accounts so that you can uh, visualize what's happening and then post the transactions, if at all possible, either in the form of a T account or just in a, in a short, simplified trial balance so that you can see that debit and credit and you can see that balancing happen.